Welcome sentient beings from all known universes and beyond. It's time to activate your cranial downlinks and prepare to receive a raft of discussion on a cosmic ocean of science fiction and fantasy topics, interviews with local area genre devotees, and insightful prognostication by our soothsayers of science fiction, our forecasters of fantasy, and any other beings that happen to get caught in our gravity well. This is the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the first ever episode of Galactic Driftwood Podcast. Oh, wait. Sorry, it's the time travel's got me all screwed up. Actually, uh, we're going to be talking about time travel this episode. I'm Bill. I'm Jenna. This is Charles. John. Robert. And uh, we also have an audience today. Which um, who's glaring at Bill? Who's glaring at yeah, me? Let's, right let's now? not introduce the audience from now on. Okay, but um, right, your, your pun was bad. That was a bad, bad time travel. Right, bad. bad. Well, it happens, and you should feel bad. You should, so you, you don't though. I can no, see it in your eyes. No, you, you feel just. I'm fine very about happy it. with yeah. it. So to get things kicked off, I think what I'd like to do is go around and ask everybody what their favorite time travel film is, or when you think of time travel movies, TV shows, whatever. What comes to mind first? And uh, we'll start with Jenna. Uh, it's not my favorite, but I thought The House on the Lake, which was a Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock uh, remake of a South Korean film that was extremely popular, was, you know, it was one of those things where sci-fi and actual romance was mixed well and done a little seamlessly, and it got you thinking about time and paradox because basically what happens is the woman is living in the house I think two years after the man but they start communicating through the mailbox in time uh. yeah and it was just a, a lot about relationships and doing what you do with the time now and uh waiting waiting mm. for the right moment and mm. so it was <coughs> like I said I don't, I'm not sure it's my favorite because there's just so many out there like, because I, I also think of 12 Monkeys. Yeah. How, like, emotionally gripping that was with Bruce Willis mm -hmm. and Brad Pitt and uh, what's-her-face? I can't think of it now. Just, there's, there's, it's, it's a pretty fascinating genre. Yeah. So. All right. Charles? Yeah, I'll be the same. Favorites is kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> love to say that, um, you know, over the last few years, I, I watched that predestination movie without realizing it was about time travel. Ah. And so I thought I was stuck. I, I don't remember why I was watching it, but I, yeah. I was thinking it was just some lifetime movie or something because that's <laughs> what it starts out at. <laughs> <laughs> kinda, uh, so there's, there's, there's sort of a special spot for that one. Yeah. Just because afterwards I was like, what the hell <coughs> did I just put yeah. myself through? So for the audience that may not know, that yeah, predestination movie. It's yeah. based on a Robert Heinlein story, um, All You Zombies. Oh. Yeah. That's and so it's kind of where the protagonist in the show is his or her own mother, father, brother, yeah, it's sister. Yeah, it's the whole gamut of the grandfather son. paradox, right? It's yeah. It kills him, kills him herself. He's in a, yeah. He, she is an entire family tree under Unto to him herself, and totally stuck in his her own. <laughs> Poor Robert's causality like, loop. What? <laughs> yeah, I, I told you that this this time travel stuff was going to make Robert yeah. a little too tense. Yeah, I uh, actually, um, interestingly, uh, I hadn't seen well past tense thing. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't uh, actually watched Predestination until last night, and um, so I told Linda, I said, "All right, well, we're going to watch, we're going to watch this because I haven't seen it yet." And, um, of course, I knew it was Heinlein's story, right? And so we started watching it while I fell asleep in the middle. Not because it wasn't a good show or interesting. No, it's a little But long. because I was tired. It's a little long. <clears throat> and um, so I woke up, and Linda's like, Linda's like, well, you missed a whole lot. And I said, no, no, I, I know the story. <laughs> she goes, you've seen this already? No, mm -hmm. no, no, I just know the story. You know, I, I know what the trick is going to be but, at the end. So. But I think that's a, it's a favorite of mine specifically because I didn't know what I was – Getting into I, it. Kind of where, where, yeah, because if you just know it's even a time travel story, yeah, that's all it takes, <laughs> and it changes the right. your perception of it. I think. Yeah. Uh, 
So did you get, so you, were you riveted after you were watching it for a little while and you're figuring out there's something after weird there's, going on? There's here? a point after, there's a point towards the middle where you go, okay, yeah, now I'm in, yeah. <laughs> but I almost, I remember I was one of those that I almost turned off at the start. Because mm. I just thought it was. Yeah, just a lifetime. Kind of, yeah, because yeah. it starts out very. Yeah, whiny. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Well, it's not a very masculine movie at the start. So. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll go to John. John, what's your favorite? Well, favorite, the one that stands out in my mind the most would be Somewhere in Time with Christopher Reeves. Okay. Uh, it stands out because the method of time travel is so murky and undefined. Yeah, Basically, he just pops in and out. A, a guy goes to stay in a, a hotel, bed and breakfast, something. And he falls in love with a painting. And uh, he gets infatuated. And he starts asking this weirdly voluntarily information-friendly uh, concierge mm-hmm. about, about the painting. Uh, and during the conversation, Christopher Reeves gets the idea that if he wants to go back in time really bad, he can figure out a way to do that. And so he bought some period clothes that he thought were period. They're actually 10 years earlier, but mm-hmm. you know we don't know. Yeah, and he he goes to sleep in his hotel room, wakes up in the same hotel room, but it's like in the 1800s, hmm. and he goes about his business, and falls in love with the woman, and then gets snatched back in time, and then he can't figure out how to get back. He stops eating, he dies, and you see him reunited in the afterlife. With so he dies in the past. No, he dies in the present. He gets yanked back from the past. Somehow. Uh, he uh, looked at a penny with yes. the current year. Yes. Oh, that he had in his pocket. Which he reminded him, him of what year it was, yeah. and uh, it pulled him back. Took him out of the mm-hmm. zone. Interesting. Yeah. So that was filmed entirely at uh, the Grand Hotel in Mackinac Island. Yeah. Huh. But Interesting. It, it, was, I, it stands out because apparently with a, a magical fairy concierge and pure force of will, you can time travel. I I was I I like I guess I like hard science fiction where there's machines that go ping that explain time travel. Right. This I guess is just as good considering we don't have any time travel methods. I mean, if you want, if you really want to experience time travel for real, you can just go to an old folks' home. Most of them are living in the past still. Hard. Oh, that's dark. No, but I mean, it, <laughs> yeah. You know. Really? Ouch. I mean, my mom I, my mom lives in one. I go see her every week. And, you know, when I go in, half the time she's, you know, back in the 1950s. Do you get younger when you go there? I mean... I will not say. I don't... I'm Do gonna, I look younger? I'm going to... But would you, would you immediately grow older again upon stepping out of the old folks home? Probably. Right? All right. So it's a totally subjective experience you yeah. cannot share with us. Right. Well, he does have to become, go there. I mean, you do become relatively younger being in an old folks home. True, right? Just, just on average, yeah. Average the yeah, ages. You're, you're, yeah, your median <clears throat> improves. Yes. All right. Well, Robert, what would you say is your most memorable or remarkable or favorite? So mine's kind of an obscure one. It's called Tom's Midnight Garden. Mm-hmm. It's actually pretty hard to find as far as streaming or copies. <laughs> but the idea is a, a kid wakes up at night, goes out the back door of the house he's staying in, like a grandparent's house or something. Mm-hmm. And finds himself in the back garden about 50 years earlier. Hmm. And meets this this girl about his age, and they become best friends. And he goes out there every night, and he shows up in the daytime 50 years earlier. Mm. And they play, and they get to know each other, and they become good friends. Eventually, it kind of circles like he, he's no longer able to go into the past. But he finds her as an old lady. And helps take care of her when he's an adult. Oh, that's weird. Huh. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like, they had, like, carved their initials in a tree, and he buys the house with the tree so that he has that memory. Huh. That's sweet. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. A, uh, interesting. They don't really explain the method, um, but it's a, it's a fun, fun story. That, that sounds like one of those books you would have read in middle school, like Tuck Everlasting. Or something like that. Yeah, it, it does seem like 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 one of the the required reading, but yeah. it was just a really obscure film. Hmm. Huh. Okay, well, I would say uh, my favorite at the current time would be Edge of Tomorrow, uh, with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt, um, and in that show, um, 
Tom Cruise gets trapped into a time loop, and um, he constantly wakes up um, on this military base, and they're getting ready to go to war against this alien species, which has time travel, and somehow he has, or somehow he does manage to steal the time travel capability from the aliens, but he, he can't control it. What happens is, is he lives his life, and at a certain point, he gets killed. The, the time resets to where he wakes up at the, on that military base again. And um, one of the things that's interesting you see um, in the start of the show is that Emily Blunt's character is revered as a, a hero of the war because she's um, once been at so many battles where she's helped turn the tide so that the humans could win against the aliens. And um, we come to find out that that's because at some point she had gotten the time travel capability from the aliens. And it's when you kill a specific one of the aliens that has this capability and you get their blood on you, then suddenly you have that ability uh, to reset time. So it's it's a biological thing on the aliens mm-hmm. that gets transferred. Yeah. So that and that's that's a physical matter versus I'm I'm suddenly thinking about arrival where time travel is not a mechanical process it's a perception process yeah, yeah. language process um, yeah. well it well language has to do with perception right, right. and that's that's where Safferworth hypothesis and yes so and and which is also what Dr. Manhattan uses in the Watchmen to be in the past see the future is just perceiving differently mm-hmm. how everything exists simultaneously. Mm. Um, so it's, I think that's, I don't know if it's an easy way out, but it is potentially possible because they discuss that in language in itself. So I, uh, there's a linguist out of, his family was from Vietnam, and I guess there is no past possible. I don't know the right term for it, but like, you know how in the English language we'll say stuff, I wish it could have gone this way. Right. It no could past have, tense, yeah. Right, like, no, like, the you're thinking in the past, but it could have become a different future. Well, they have no way to describe that in their language. It doesn't exist. Like, mm. so the son who grew up in, in America will ask the parents, do you ever think what would happen if you wouldn't have gotten out of Vietnam and gotten on that boat? And their parents are like, why? No, it happened like it happened. It does not exist. So that perception of time based on language hmm. is yeah, kind of where that, that comes I think from. The, I think the Pueblo peoples of the Southwest do that too. They don't have that kind of structure in their language that, you know, when you say things like, I went, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it's more difficult than that. It's, they, they have ways of doing it. It's just, it's a different way of actually perceiving how things roll mm-hmm. out and, yeah. Well, I, I read read something, and this was probably a couple of years ago, and it was I thought it was interesting in that very aspect of what you say is how people conceptualize the future and the past based on how they're raised and their experiences. And, um, you know, we will talk about looking forward to the future or looking back to the past. And um, this article was about... Um, well, all that implies is a linear view of how time sure, works, which actually sure. probably isn't actually accurate. No, so. but what, what I found interesting from this article was that they, um, it was uh, people working with primates, and they had, were teaching them language and trying, you know, sign language and trying to get them to express what their needs and their wants mm-hmm. were. And they said uh, one of the things that was kind of surprising to them was that... Um, the the monkeys seem to have a grasp of the future and the past. Mm. And the interesting thing was that when the monkeys were talking about the past, they would or the future, they would look behind them. Mm. But if they were talking about the past, they were looking forward. And they theorized that that was because the monkeys you can see the past that you've already had, but what's in the future is dark and you can't see it readily. Huh. And that was kind of how they they thought maybe that's maybe that's why that is. But I thought it was interesting that a different species, albeit one that's closely related to humans, still ha- is able to conceptualize that. 
but in a slightly different way than we're used to, I think. Do you remember what species it was? I don't. I just remember it was primates. Uh, I mean, I know they've done those ha uh, language experiments with chimpanzees and gorillas yeah. and orangutans, actually. But I, you know, in my mind, I want to say it was a gorilla, um, but I, I honestly don't remember. It was several years ago that well, I read it. And gorillas are apes, not not monkeys. And it's, it's, it's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I just don't remember whether it was monkeys or apes or I know it was primates and. Uh, uh, that's about all I remember. I just remember that one part of it. Something about that stuck with me. That, you know, that they would s that they would look back to s like they're you know looking back to the future. So what I think, I think what makes that a little bit less popular in sci-fi potentially because you don't see that as often as it tends to say predestination, like everything is set. So you can see it because it's set and there's no changing it. And I think that makes people uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. They would like to think that there's a way to go back and change something or change the future, um, which is where I think time, uh, Terminator fell apart. Actually, if I'm going to go back and say my favorite time travel movie is probably Terminator. Mm -hmm. But it did. It turned out that it's predestined in Terminator. It's like well, you can't. Well, it's, no. it is and it isn't. You couldn't stop the destruction, but you could delay it. That's where this series fell apart, and I think lost James Cameron's vision for what the Terminator was supposed to be. Because you go to the second one, which is what James Cameron had, and it was no fate but what you make. You can change the future. You can make a new future for yourself. That was the whole thing with Linda Hamilton's character. And then when it goes to the third one, now it's like, nope, you're <coughs> never changing it. It's always going to happen. The Skynet's always going to blow up everything. And it, I, that's where I think they ruined the franchise. It's that I see what you mean. I do. It's that idea of a self-consistent timeline. You go back in the past with the intent to kill Hitler, but... Well, it's the fact cake. of you going back in the past is what creates well, Hitler I to begin with. I think she's saying that it's have your cake and eat it too. You have mm -hmm. free, free will and predestination all in one, and it con contradicts itself. And I, I see that. I mean, they because that's where you see the franchise turn into just we're repeating the same thing because we know that's what gets us money versus the message and the story that was trying to be told. I think that's mm -hmm. kind of why I liked how they. Uh, how they took it in the TV series, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, with it, where it was even the the robots themselves that were working to create a way to stop the destruction or at least end the war in the future. Right. Hmm. Huh. I remember well, a little bit about that Sarah Connor Chronicles. I thought that was pretty good. What I what I seen of it, I just don't remember much about it now. But well, it was one of those series that was end. Ended way too quickly. Oh, yeah. Because Fox likes to kill its stars. Yes, I, I will never forgive them for Firefly. No, no one will. I can't. Mm -hmm. Not I to can't. mention sliders. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, and they, um, um, any, any fans of the Travelers series? Oh, that's a great series. <coughs> you see, they just, um, have you seen all of season three? No, I've not done three yet. Okay. Well, there's not going to be a season four. But I will say that fortunately, the way season three ended up, it ended in a good spot. It yeah, ended, it was perfect. You could go both ways. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's what you ask for. If nothing else, if you're going to end our series, give end it with an ending. Right. Yes. Right. Please <laughs> give us some closure. God. Right. right. Give us some closure. Don't create a bunch of mysteries that just hang out there. Too forever. many. Too many good series get ended too early without any yeah. closure to it. Right. But right. right. the, the neat part about what. Jenna was saying is uh, predestination versus free will. Which one do you think you have? Because, I mean, as far as it goes, we can't tell. It's no. like, but if you want to have future, if there's such thing as traveling to the future, there has to be predestination. Because well, like, there is no future. There's a probability right. of a future that right. goes a few microseconds into the, that, that starts solidifying now. The future happens now. There is no set future because everyone's making decisions all the time. If they have free will, right. if everything's set, then there's a future. Well, and that's but the you have no choice in how this all rolls out. That's my thought too. Is that if you had a time machine and I could, let's say I had one, I could jump into the time machine right now and jump fifty years into the future. Well, that would be a possible future that would have evolved without me having any impact on it because I wasn't there. And if you did that and didn't come, if you came back. If you stayed there, then it wouldn't matter. Right. If you did, if, but if you came back and told people, would that then make that 
a definite future, and then everyone has no free will to now get I think to that it, future? I don't think it would happen. If you came back, the act of telling anyone about it would change the future. Well, so, paradox. So, <laughs> and that's where I was listening to one of the TED Talks about theoretically time travel being future, and it what he talked about is how information, if you think about it, also travels at the speed of light, and mm -hmm. nothing can go faster than the speed of light. So the example he gave is uh, you drive one route from one state to another, and you decide, meh, actually, I wish I would have gone the other way. So you send a text to that past self before you get in the trip, and so that person <coughs> takes a different route. So let's say it takes two days to do that trip, that going that change, because it takes two days to take effect for the person taking the new route, will never catch up with the future. Basically, all you're doing is sending information back and having a warm fuzzy that someone took a better trip than you. Mm -hmm. That, because the, Doesn't change they'll never line up. Nope, and that's where the timelines will separate. And that's kind of what Dragon Ball Z talks about, uh, is that, you know, Trunks goes back in time thinking he's going to change his own timeline, but that those changes will never catch up with his future. His future is set, his world is mostly destroyed by robots, and all of the friends of his father, his father, his friends of his father, or fighting buddies, that's a better way of putting it, uh, are dead, and that's just the way <coughs> it is. But he has made, a he gets a warm fuzzy that he has made a better future for that timeline and those people going forward. Well, that's in part the, the premise for a Time Machine, for H.G. Wells. Mm -hmm. He tries to go back in time to save his fiance and never manages to do it. No matter right. what he does, he dies in another way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so last night, I'm just, I'm going to come in with something. Okay. I woke up this morning with, with, with a recollection of reading about Zeno's paradoxes. I don't uh, know what that is. Oh, you don't know Zeno's paradox. So Zeno was a Greek... Like 450 BC, okay, and he came up with some what at the time were paradoxes ba about motion mostly. Uh, one was uh, there's like two major ones, but one was uh, Achilles versus the tortoise, mm -hmm. and the tortoise has a head start, and then Achilles tries to catch up. In one moment, he makes it halfway. Oh. The next moment he makes it the other halfway, sure. and, another, and so, so he, he yeah, so he he he'd sell to people, this, just, I think to confuse them mostly, but right. Um, and the other was the arrow, where, he'd explain that if you take a snapshot of an arrow, I'm sure he explained it differently, but this mm -hmm. is, <laughs> the modern version, the ancient Greek cameras. That yeah, <laughs> as you shrink, if you as you shrunk time down, the arrow would finally stand still. Mm -hmm. And therefore, motion doesn't exist. And so I was thinking this morning, I go, there were a bunch of Greeks in the garden talking about time and motion and space mm -hmm. yeah, around 400, 450, 500 B.C. around. Mm -hmm. and See and what that, amazing things happen with a common man when you don't have Twitter to distract you? <laughs> Well, exactly. and, how, and how close it is to what we're talking about contemplating. I mean, right. it's awfully close. Yeah. And it took us a long time to figure out, um, assuming we have, but the better concepts of space and motion, mm -hmm. right? And the other thing is, uh, uh, just because there's a paradox, it's logical. Because he does have logical paradoxes. If you read, even the modern person has trouble explaining why they're wrong they're just that's not how nature works sorry that's right, right. i mean right. you've come up with a logic but that doesn't make it so right and so now we're talking about time i think it's kind of fun to think well some of these paradoxes we're calling them paradoxes they're not laws they very well could be that nature we hit that spot and yes. nature just goes oh yeah i know you can be your own grandfather it's not a big deal you know, I guess before Stephen Hawking died, he uh, said maybe time travel is better, but it was called um, the Chronology Protection Agency. Mm. Like Hawking said that ultimately you really can't change the past, that there's there are some laws of the universe that we haven't been able to specify that would not allow you to go back and change 
our our at least perception of the reality and current events and the state of whatever we've made. Sort of the the idea that if you go back in time, you yourself have free will, but everybody around you doesn't. Everybody around you, because they're in the past, is mm. predestined to act out the same thing that I'm they did the first time through. What we talked about last show, where you were, you Jenna brought up the idea of things changing in the timeline, and sometimes we perceive how things change. And you you were talking about an auto accident. Yes, you were in, and it's like to you. You perceived it felt some, like yeah, yeah as as just moments before it happened, I could perceive it going it seemed like because I distinctly remember before it happened as it's happening this is this could be a car wreck, and I could see not hitting the car but still hitting the car because it wasn't me who caused it, it was someone else I had no awareness of hitting me so is that like a Mandela effect kind of thing or um no, no, because the Mandela effect, uh, for people who don't know, it's when people, like, it seems like groups of people remember history or events different than others. Like, some people think Man Man remembered Nelson Mandela dying in jail versus becoming president of South Africa. And so, and they, they swear up and down, no, he died in jail. No, I remember learning that it was he became president and lived a full life. Or the the Chinese tank boy, the picture mm -hmm. of the kid standing in front of the military tank. There's a lot of people who swear that they were taught it in class that he was run over, and that started changing the political process and perception, and that, that the TV was turned off by the teacher because they didn't want to show them the blood. And there's other people who remember it as, no, he was never hit. That's yeah. the Nelson Mandela effect, the difference of, because they think that could, or sorry, not Nelson Mandela, but the Mandela effect. So what's your yeah? What so is your experience? You that think? that experience seemed to be more of just a perception of different possible timelines that was about to occur. Like I was at a fork in the road, and the fork was either I kept driving down that interstate that night and nothing ever happened, versus the fork of I'm about to get smashed. So sort of the idea of. An possible un, an, an parallel unf universes. An where unfixed point in time. Right. Literally, you saw several different con uh, possible timeline outcomes. That's what it felt like. Did you get to, do you feel you had any choice in that? Or is it just going to play out as it was and you just saw that there's many different ways this can roll down? You just, like, uh, it felt like a roll of the dice. So you were Like, I knew, like, I, I fizzed. You were an NPC in your own game? That's, that's almost what it felt like because I... I thought I was protecting myself by slowing down and trying to get over. I was stopping that car wreck that I could see in my head all of a sudden, that I saw myself hitting this truck. I thought I was changing my timeline. So, okay, I suddenly could see a wreck. I don't want the wreck. I could see not getting a wreck. I'm going to adjust my behavior. And then out of nowhere, I get sideswiped into that truck anyway. And then I could see, and it's like, because the, the wreck wasn't just one hit and done. It was, I was hit, and I'm being thrown for 30 seconds multiple times between the two vehicles, because I was a smaller vehicle. And I see the guardrail coming, and I'm hoping we don't go into the ditch. And I could see us going to the ditch, and it's black. Or I see my car getting impaled on the guardrail, and it's red. It's weird. But instead, we just miss it. We hit the next concrete barrier, and I hit it face forward, and it's everything from there. It, it was just a weird state. Why are you smiling, Charles? What, no, what, that's right. not, that's I'm not recollecting. So, so when I was uh, uh, when I was younger, I was hit by a tree, and I, I was driving. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like one of those trees from the Wizard of Oz that slaps you when you take <laughs> yeah, an well, apple. Well, it was. It, the whopping uh, willow. Uh, it was. It was a windy. It was a windy evening. This was. This was on the west coast. Um, and a tree fell in the car. Hmm. And I have a completely different recollection of everything than what, ha like I remember the radio being on, and I had a friend that was in the car with me. He he was conscious through the whole thing. I wasn't. The tree came, knocked me on the back of the oh, head. Knocked you out? Knocked me out. So I, I had hallucinations. Mm -hmm. um, now the funny part, I think it's funny now, is that weekend I was um, recovering, 
and this was back when radio, I think, was a bigger thing, but the lo local station. And they're reading through news stories, and they're like, yeah, some guy got hit by a tree. And we looked it up, and it turns out you have a better chance of winning the lottery twice than getting hit <laughs> by a tree. <laughs> and it's just like, oh. Time to, time to play the numbers, I think. Yeah, yeah. it was time. It's like, no, I'm done. <laughs> you I, I, you could have won the lottery in one timeline, but instead, instead nope. You no, got I decided hit to get hit by a tree. tree. Son of a I, I, but, I but it was The nomenclature is wrong. You hit the tree. The tree didn't hit you. No, no, no. It fell on top of the car. I didn't jump up in the air and hit the tree. He didn't like drive into the oh. tree. The tree uh, blew into him. Yeah, the tree kind of like fell that over. sign that uh. fell on that woman's car. She's just yeah. driving her day. Had, probably had no idea she was going to have a sign. There were a couple on her hobbits car. on the branch. Just <laughs> yeah, and it was a huge. It was a huge branch. Is what it, I mean. Out out. It was now. It was a eighteen inch branch. When something like that happens, like to you, Jenna, or to you, Charles, but, but it rattled my head. I mean, there's no doubt. So. When when something like that happens, does it f doesn't it feel like it happens in slow motion? Yes, absolutely. And that almost goes to the story that John told about Keanu Reeves using his mind to go back in time. Oh, Maybe no. time Christopher is, Reeves. Yeah. Who did I say? Oh, Keanu. Keanu. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Christopher Reeves. That's sorry. a different time travel. Completely different thing, story, yeah. um, but. You know, maybe the concept of time is just being enforced by our minds, and that because that's the only way we can experience the universe, that's how we experience. But if we had better control over our minds, or if we understood it better, maybe we could well, time travel. That's the whole point about uh, arrival and the Sapir Wharf right. ideas. Um, language actually informs you how you view the world. And in the whole point of arrival was to teach humans, at the end, you find out how to see things in terms of being unstuck in time, how to uh, view the world in a chronological sense that mm -hmm. eliminates linear time. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I love that show. I don't yeah. know. I don't, it, I, it wasn't as popular as I – well, I didn't actually didn't. – it's, it's cerebral, mm -hmm. and most Americans are, like, hard-pressed to, to keep up with it. It's not a fast-paced shoot-em-up spaceships flying through space kind of science fiction it's right it's good old-fashioned more of a thinking make you think science fiction mm -hmm. but really like the only reason i got like halfway through it when i think it was after her dream sequence that's when it struck me it was because i had read the watchman and had seen dr manhattan's uh, whole monologue on time and being able to perceive time and all time, all time exists simul like simultaneously. And I see the similarities, but I think that it's like in Watchmen, people can't do it. It's like he can do it because of his mutation, but and he was, he's frustrated that he can't teach it to other people. No, he he helped her. He tried to. The well, because he could not see her past until she could see her past and be in that moment where she saw her mother and who she thought was her father. Spoiler alert fighting over who her actual parent was. Mm -hmm. She, like, it was, she didn't understand it as a child, but because she could project and be in that moment, in that time and space, she could see the truth as an adult. But without Dr. Manhattan, she was incapable of doing that. So yeah. it's like, and that's, that's it's, but in Arrival, they're trying to teach all humans, this is not only something you can do, this is something you have to do to survive as a species. They sort of went with that concept with uh, Agents of Shields last season. Oh. Um, when you look at, at the the young girl who can, they say you know she's the seer, she can see the future. Mm -hmm. But the way they describe it in all points, when she's young, when she's old, is that she's it's as if she's living in all these times at the same time. Oh, so she's aware of it. She's aware of every moment of her life, mm -hmm. and the events happening around her, and she knows when something's changed. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, it was kind of an interesting way they did it. Yeah. Mm. Be a lot to take. Yeah. No, but then it goes back to predestination, and I don't think that's, obviously, unless you're also taking that incorporating parallel universes where you can change a timeline and something else goes off and be is different based off of the new information that you have, then you're still kind of stuck in the same... It's all feeding each other to make things exactly as they are. It's all happened in a way. And that's where... Um, I don't know if anyone remembers Lex. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm going to go deep down this hole, um, which is often the theme of many of their episodes. Anyway, <laughs> um, 
they talk about I how... I think that, uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, that's, yes. that's a good descriptor. Uh, no, it fits well with our theme of, of, of show titles. So, yes, <laughs> excellent. So, Lex, uh, the thing that comes in to be a major plot point of all of it is that it's all happened before, and it'll keep happening. It's like a cycle of time, and that there's nothing they can do to change it, and that all of these horrible things and this horrible, like, galactic empire and things... You know, there's no stopping it. Even if you beat it, the world, the universe is going to collapse, blow up, do whatever, and it'll restart again the same way it did before. Okay, so that and something you mentioned earlier about dice rolling. Yeah. Remind me, has anybody read Wheel of Time? Oh, of course. Okay, mm -hmm. so I was thinking about, you know, they have their cycles of time, and, and it's basically the same stories replaying, but then there's the character of Matt Cawthon who at pinnacle point where he can make a change essentially to the timeline, to the story, he hears the dice rolling. Yes. When the dice stops, that's when it's set. Yeah. Um, that's when the pinnacle decision's been made hmm. and hmm. the, the story's going to go off in that path regardless. Hmm. But he has that ability to kind of alter uh, the reality of things. Mm -hmm. oh, that's interesting. I like that. Well, because there's a cycle of time... And in the wheel of time, kind of just, <coughs> but but the it's the same personas, but they can tweak how it goes. It's like different experiments and with the same characters in the same right. world, and that's the way their universe functions, which is kind of what Buddhist uh, some versions of Buddhism in that yes, there's reincarnation, and sometimes you're reincarnated into a different life form or different soul or you just keep coming back to the same life until you get it right okay, so it okay. depends on the type of reincarnation that you go with right so like the the um uh, what dreams may come reincarnation mm. mm -hmm. uh yeah well that's the that yeah sometimes you can come into a different life versus just repeating the same life until you make different decisions that sure. grants you the the enlightenment to go to the next phase so yeah, basic straight up Buddhist thought there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but would yeah. you, if you had the rice, the oh, excuse me, rice? dice rolling in your head, would you just go? I'm going to make the bad decision this time. Maybe. I mean, I, I mean, mean, it depends on it, your personality, I suppose. I, yeah. But you can't go back and change it, well, well, right? So you, if you make a bad decision, you have to live with it. Well, what you might personally think is the bad decision might be the decision you have to make. And it's like well, you might be most hesitant. It might be one of the last timeline but, decisions you, you make. And there, but and there to me is a problem because now the dice rolling in your head is almost worthless because you don't know. Yeah, you I mean, don't know what the, the decision's going to be. Now it's just extra noise. Well, you know what <laughs> happened before, so you 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 know you have you to do something. If I, you I know the histories, I don't think he. Well, he sort of did in the in the know. book series, but mm. not not to that extent. He had some knowledge of his former life. Okay, um, but not enough. So kind of like how the the Star Trek Next Generation episode where they got caught in a time loop mm. with uh, that Miranda class vessel and right. Data. Kind of was able to, and actually, they was that all, Kelsey Grammer on the yeah, other ship? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they all started having little tiny slivers that the, uh, they could remember, yeah. right? And eventually, you know, after many, many, many cycles, repetitions, they, yeah, they figured out a way to break the time loop, send a message forward in the future, sent the message to Data, <coughs> well, into right. the computers that Data recognized the pattern as the guys. Uh, Pips, yeah, on his for, for for whose decision his they should rank. be they should be going with, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was a little far-fetched, I thought. Well, no, it was actually the, kind of yeah, like it was right a fun episode. Well, no, I yeah. liked. I, well, no, I liked. I liked the the time travel loop. I liked the trying to get the message sent back, <clears throat> but for Data to see the number three and then to somehow make the logic leap that that meant the number of pips on the collar of the guy who was offering a solution, that to me seemed a little far-fetched. As if Data himself is not a little far-fetched. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. We've had this talk. Data is actually more dangerous than he's worth, and he's actually <laughs> almost destroyed the ship by himself several times. And yes, I know, he saved it, too. But Yes. But he's, he's, uh, he's, he's really... You leave my of, Data alone. Uh, no, you can, you can enjoy Data, but you, you have to admit... Tasha did. There's at least... <laughs> yes. I, and I knew you'd go... If there's someone Fully functional, gonna, Captain. If there's someone that's going to reach for the low-hanging fruit... It's you. But oh, it's I'm like, just saying they were good no, friends. Data uh -huh. was, data was a great saying. MacGuffin. 
He there are <laughs> things that might, he could do, but you have to admit, if you like uh, Data, he was dangerous. There are things that happened. Data. Well, so was the holodeck. Oh, yes, the holodeck was causing exactly, more problems. Exactly. So that should you should have like locked that down. <laughs> you know, no, no that, one can go there because you. Data create... was more dangerous because at any moment, at any moment he could have gone. I really don't like people anymore. <laughs> I don't have anything to do <laughs> with this. And then <laughs> so he could have gone lore. If he yeah. Decided, yeah. if he decided to kill the entire crew and take over the ship for himself, who could have stopped him? Nobody. That's who. Nobody. It, it would have been Wesley. I mean, he could Wesley. Wesley yes. <laughs> oh, oh, Wesley and the and the traveler, which is the weirdest. Uh, like, don't get in the uh, the back of the the, the oh, rape yeah, van, the Wesley. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the traveler. The traveler. Was creepy. He <laughs> was kind of creepy. Come on, Wesley. Let's go into the future and do things. You There's know, no like, candy in here, you liar. There's no candy in this. <laughs> yes. It's a candyless future for Wesley. Still remember, uh, uh, Will Wheaton had tweeted out. He's like, I wish people would stop saying shut up Wesley to me. So uh, 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 Patrick Stewart, Patrick Stewart yeah. tweets back at him, shut up, shut, yeah, yeah, yeah. shut, shut up, up, Will. Wesley. <laughs> prepare, for a, prepare for a meme storm. You're yeah. it now. But no, is that, there's time travel. Yeah. The traveler is a time travel. But it's the kind of time travel that makes you feel dirty and want to take a shower afterwards. Now, <laughs> now, so now, Star Trek has done time travel stories as we as we know. Especially has Star Wars. Star Wars never has done a time travel no. story that I'm aware of. No, no. no. I, I actually, yeah, I remember I read like most of the extended universe. Yeah, yeah so did I. I don't remember any time travel in there. So interesting. Wow. It took I it almost uh, that's kind of restraint mm-hmm. to to have that 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 big, beautiful concept right there that so many other science fiction franchises have used and just not to have anything to do well, with it. Well, but if you look at the concepts behind Star Wars, if you look at the all-encompassing force that encompasses past, present, and future, it, it seems like it's more of a predestined universe. Right. So, you know, that's how... Mm. Jedi wouldn't be able to function mm. with the, the force reflexes and such if it wasn't predestined. They wouldn't be able to see that moment ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back to the mm. back yeah. to the whole probability haze that the future really is. Yes, it's a predestined universe. Yeah, there 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 would be no way for Jedi to function as they do if it was if it was not predestined. Yeah. If time travel was right. a thing with an elite staff, of be able to use your lightsaber to take out blaster fire. Right, right. because right. you you wouldn't be able to see it coming because it <coughs> right. could go either way. Right, right, exactly. So uh, yeah, unless you're reading intention, unless it's not so much the future, but they're yeah reading the intention of the action. Before people even make that decision, maybe yeah. But, but still, you have talk to about, like, the calculate reflex. the yeah, they, trajectory of the laser beam and right. right? They, they they talk about like the reflexes in pod racing where the obstacles don't have an intention, but yeah. their reflexes are heightened because they kind of see yeah. that moment ahead in the force. Right. Very good, Sean. Mm. We're very happy. With <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I don't think we said where Seth was. This Seth is uh, out sick with the flu, so that's why. Yeah. Uh, and safe. We swear, safe. Yeah, that's why, that's he is not a hit in a box. That's why Sean. We locked him in the <laughs> attic. <laughs> <laughs> with with what was it, Al, Alan Zero or yeah. Aaron Zero? Aaron Zero, yeah. Him and Aaron Zero are. We're uh, referencing the movie Primer, which, if you haven't seen it, is uh, a very good time travel show. It was filmed on a shoestring budget, I think, of seven thousand. They said and uh, was a top performer at the indie film. Uh, Sundance, right? Sundance, yeah. Yeah. So time travel machines are made of cardboard. It's kind of cool. Yeah, cardboard and PVC. Yeah, basically. I think six thousand of the budget went to those white shirts they were all wearing. (laughs) And the ties. Yeah, Yeah. and the ties. But it was a good show. It's very complex. We had to watch a explanation of it afterwards because it's easy to get lost with all the time travel jumps and. Though I think Primer brings out really the biggest problem with the time traveling to the past is if you time travel to the past to change something. Right. Once you've changed it, you no longer have the inclination to time travel to the past to change something. Right. That would be boring at that point. So yeah. that would be a paradox. That's, right. Because that's a lot of them. They leave the boring activities for their future themselves. <laughs> to come back to the ranch or well, something. Well, I mean, the, in Primer, yeah. they literally had to sit in a box for six to ten hours. Or <laughs> After sitting in a hotel room, room yeah. for six to ten hours. Yeah, so time travel, yeah. and then They made know. it boring, yeah. So it was a painful time travel. Are yeah. they aging? Oh, yeah. Uh, as they're going. So, like, they're actually a week or two older than the rest of mm-hmm. the people that are around because of that. Right. If you think about it. Yeah. So the longer you time travel, the older you are in relation to the people that you're... You know, married like, to or well, that 
Yeah, it's like the anti-salad ray in Orville, right? Mm-hmm. Rapidly ages the... the yeah, bananas. right, right. Yeah. We well, no longer need to fear the banana. Right. Like, yeah. I've always thought there's... How there, do you feel about salads? There should be a paradox with time travel mm-hmm. that the person who invents it, you can't tell anybody because instantly somebody from the future is going to kill you and take credit for inventing time travel. Hmm. I mean, if you don't keep it to yourself, you're dead man. Well, in Primer, they turned evil pretty fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, in Primer, it's pretty yeah. close to that, if I remember. Yeah. That uh, you don't tell your best friend, because he's going to muck things up. Right. Well, and so <laughs> let's let's think of this. If you could send Seth back to the past, mm-hmm. and you know it creates... This was an interesting question. It was brought up by, I think... Did you say stuff? Uh, doc, yeah, Dr. Emery right, Prescott. So Seth. if you can send people back in the past and not have any effect on your current timeline, then in essence you could possibly send stuff, stuff. like pollution. So or, if you know yeah. that sending stuff to the past leads to no effect or change to your future and you want to start getting rid of stuff, like let's mm-hmm. say pollution, toxic waste, you create basically a time travel event, because screw those other timeline people, it's never going to impact you. But what you're doing is you're getting rid of what you don't want now. Mm-hmm. Like, would humans do All it? Right. And so, and he said, well, if you look at the comments on YouTube, what happens when people can do something with absolute no consequence to themselves? Right. Yeah, they're going to do that. Mm-hmm. Or this is a nightmare of mine I had a long time ago mm-hmm. where they invented the on-time machine. The on-time machine. Which was, it looked like a microwave. And if you missed your deadline, what you could do is finish your work up, put it in the microwave-looking thing, and send it to the past. Mm. So it'd be done on time. So it'd be done on time. But now I had like 15 years worth of work piled up here. (laughs) And it's due 30 years back. And it kept growing, and I'm not getting anywhere, but it's all getting done on time for somebody else. Yes. Do you know what they do to engineers when they turn 40, Charles? (laughs) (laughs) We we saw that in that show. What do they do? What's the joke? (laughs) They shoot them. They They take them out and shoot them. Oh, yeah. Float them out on a sheet of ice? No, no. They wouldn't want that because you need people to translate, depending on the type of engineer, the old technology into the new technology. Like my friend Chris, his dad is a computer genius, and basically he knew some of the original, very earliest languages. And um, then as he was going along, he was in the field so long, he knew learned the new languages. He's one of the few people that can translate the old into the new and is definitely well compensated for it, or mm-hmm. was. Yeah. So that, that creates a special class of people, I think, that we're going to continue to see, people who can translate the old into the new, especially mm. if they're the ones who had the patience to learn it when it wasn't so easy. Especially as we're getting into more deeper, like machine learning and, and those yes. kinds of research. Mm-hmm. But now, that's common for any, uh, someone who's been around a while in a company that understands systems, mm-hmm. usually there's a value just in that. Absolutely. So even there's no consequence, that's not a natural thing for people. Right. That so. reminds me of uh, a big internet conspiracy theory about time travel involving a guy called John Titer. Has anyone ever heard of Titer? Mm-mm. He, I'm a little loose on that. He uh, emerged on message boards in the very late 90s mm-hmm. and started saying he's a time traveler from 2036 mm-hmm. uh, after the nuclear war. And mm-hmm. his, the government, the remaining government, sent him back to get a computer that uh, was invented in, I think, the late 70s or early 80s. And... Um, it could it could like translate code into other code or something. There mm. there's something this computer could do, and he was sent back to retrieve one and take it back to the future. Mm. Uh, even though he can't go back to the future, because in in terms of any time anyone goes back to the past, they actually create an entirely new universe. So they lose the address to the future that they were once in. They they lose access. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's you you can only go forward on that particular timeline. So they said while. He can go forward in that timeline mm-hmm. and correct the future. The other timeline hopefully has its own titer from a different timeline to come forward and and do that in terms of synchronicity. But the 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 point is is that they people checked out what the computer is talking about. It does exist, 
and it does what he said it can do. Hmm. But that's just that's just basically you know making your your conspiracy theory have this weird consistency that you think actually has significance, but it really doesn't. That's right. some deep trolling. It was. It, this guy that's did kind a of really impressive. Great job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Especially for early bulletin boards. Yes. Mm-hmm. And this guy, this guy had people going. It still does. It's like you'll see uh, a couple John Titer experts show up on Coast to Coast from time to time. <laughs> they, they're still discussing experts. this conspiracy theory. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's like it makes you think about all that, about um, the motives of time travel, the actual means of time travel. Can you go back? If, you, if you've affected the future, and if you go, you've affected the, the past, then for your future might not exist. Can you go back? Right. Unfortunately, with time travel, it's probably going to take a massive amount of energy that no one except a collective group of people or a government or a corporation will be able to put the resources together to do, mm-hmm. which then means you're not depending on one person to have the right morals, the right concept of what could happen with time travel, and the, the, the logic and, and motivation to do the right thing. Now you're depending on a whole group of people, and likely a government and or organization, and it's just never going to end well. No, no. Right. and that's the whole point of another conspiracy theory called the Montauk Project, hmm. which supposedly happened in the 80s or 90s. Uh, big government's uh, conspiracy took a lot of power. Uh, they go back in time and... Somehow they tied that into the Philadelphia experiment. If you were, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, is is that God? Oh, th- now that was an interesting time travel movie that I totally forgot about till now. Is was it called the Philadelphia Experiment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where basically, when they're trying to, is it because they were trying to create the atomic bomb or the guys who they're were on the ship? They're trying to figure out a way to make minds not uh, be attracted to the ship. So uh, the uh, I think it was the Etheridge. Uh, they 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 set up a system that they thought would stop magnetism from, you know, working on these mines and tracking mm-hmm. transship and somehow it caused time travel and caused people to melt into the decks because of the uncertainty. And it, two and soldiers came back and... Yeah, well, they were put, like, how many, 30, 40 years in the future? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really interesting. Like, and mm-hmm. doesn't one of them start to lose their mind a little bit? Mm-hmm. or? Yeah, and then one of them gets snapped back and then the other one stays. And, and in the end... The one who went back goes and finds the one who stayed, who started his own life in the future, and it's like, um, it, it was it's an interesting concept. But somehow the Montauk Project and the Philadelphia Experiment, which people say really happened, um, are interconnected in terms of time travel. You're smiling. I am smiling. It's, it's like, I I would. You're 37, man. You've got three years to figure out how to do this before oh, someone shoots you. No, 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 no. I'm I'm long past <laughs> the, the 40. I'm long past. Oh. Yeah, no, oh. they. Then but, you, they must they must honor you greatly by allowing you to live. <laughs> that's yeah. Well, if you ask them, that's what it is. Yeah, well, the it's a project, favor. They've done me a favor. The Montauk project also somehow this very device got them to go to Mars in 2036. Uh, I don't know how. 2036 seems to be a theme here. I might be. It might have been 2045. No, I. But it's like you know, it was like that's important. But it's wow. it's like and. They go to Mars and find a, a big golden statue of somebody, and and I, it, it's crazy. It <laughs> it's sounds in, crazy in the end, but it's like most good UFO paranormal conspiracy theories. There's a little ter- internal consistency that makes people go hmm, and th- mm-hmm. with that, with absolutely no proof. But um, time travel, government conspiracy. But that- could how long would it take for the government to actually change the timeline? If they could change the timeline, they might change somebody else's timeline. Depends on who was in charge of the government. No, I don't think it would. I think it's basically human nature being what it is. It's like, it, it, I mean, you can like look at your own political ideology as being uncorruptible, but it's not. I think we know that. It's like, so I think the temptation would be too great. Even if for someone who, who truly has altruism in mind, they might want to change something to make outcomes better for some people but mm-hmm. would that like work going back to the killing or, hitler as, yeah. a, as a child yeah thing, uh, which yeah. would i don't even know the ramifications of what that would be although there's some good fiction that's uh, or ai might have sent bots back from the future to change people's opinions about certain star wars movies and such <laughs> <laughs> you know, that would be unfortunate uh, no but you were making me smile about uh, um you smile at the weirdest i know times. i do but you, every so often <laughs> somebody says something i thought i remember reading an essay this is not necessarily about time travel, but uh, by Umberto Eco. And 
it was in a like a collection of something that I. And what it, it was sort of like a story about a guy who had to travel between it was something like France and Italy. And so what he was doing was writing himself letters to his other address where he called himself somebody else. And he was writing, and he made up this conspiracy about the Knights Templar. Mm-hmm. Writing back and forth about he's setting up a conspiracy. And then when he died, somebody found these letters. <laughs> that is a great A. And so, yeah. and just, well, and, uh, now, of course, if you if you could travel back from the future, I mean, would that not be a temptation? Is that, oh, yeah. <laughs> On top yeah. of everything else. Right. How much can you screw with people? <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. yeah. Would you screw with people or would you go back and beat yourself up for some decisions <laughs> that you made and therefore change your own timeline? Or, you know, even affecting other people would change your own timeline. If we don't split off into a whole new timeline when we time travel, can, is the, can the universe handle time travel? I guess is, is the end product here. So uh, I saw a meme that actually screwed me up for three days. Like, uh, you wouldn't think so, but it was that whole red pill, blue pill mm-hmm. meme, and it says, okay, here are your options. You either go to 40, and you have like a billion dollars or whatever, or maybe it was 50, I think it was 50, and you have a billion dollars to live and do whatever, or you go back to age 10, with everything that you know now. And what screwed me up, like, when I started thinking more and more, like, all those pivotal decisions, those pivotal relationships, do I still want to engage those? What if, knowing what I know now, I set up a completely different situation where I never even meet those individuals Mm -hmm. and I really want them in my life? Like, it was... But then I think about all the things I could have, all the financial decisions I could have made better mm-hmm. and where I could be in my life and not wasting, you know, living healthier and, and yeah. just really appreciating Three that words, youth, having it back with the wisdom. That's <laughs> right there. But, Basically. But, yeah. Yeah. No but, crap. That and Facebook. But because I think that it's such a trope that you you dismiss, I think, when you're a teenager and even a child that you won't really appreciate what you have and where you're at and the freedom you have until you're an adult, like that wisdom. And it's a universal theme that I think it exists for a reason among Mm -hmm. humans is as far back as we can think where Mm -hmm. you get this wisdom and you just think, God damn it. Use it. If I could have just been more aware and, and appreciated what I had at that time. On the other hand, you just covered a dark place because if you could go back, wouldn't there be people that, the only conversation you'd have with them is "You're dead to me," <laughs> before they've even said anything, oh. right? Well, well, I mean, or, I mean, yeah. or, or you set oh, them up you. to oh. emotionally destroy them in some way. But there's also, <laughs> right? I, I mean, I, mean, I really can't easy believe, to go dark. I can't believe I'm bringing up Family Guy in terms of time travel, but it's like one time death allows him to go back in the past, and he screws up his relationship with Lois. And he's sad. He's like, because Lois is now with Quagmire, which is, you know, well, we, we don't <laughs> want to talk about that. But he's sad. He's, he's blown it. He wants that back. Um, I mean, it's like some, there's going to be irrevocable consequences to time travel yes. sometimes. And uh, death came back and allowed him to fix it. But who's going to have death there all the time? It's like time travel, you're going to do things. And it's like there's going to be consequences you didn't think of. That are going to really mess with you. Yeah, I don't really want to pal around with death just to time travel. Well, yeah, but it's like... It depends Abe, on which version. <laughs> Abe and... Uh, what's his name in Primer? Really fast. Really good friends. And depending on how you look at it, it's either like two weeks or one day. Uh, yeah. they, 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 they're irrevocably done with each other. Um, right. They've messed up their entire it's like lives. within a week. It's like, yeah. Well, and they got... Well, that's because time's there's a lot like There's multiples money. of each of them now, right? Yeah. Living so there's, the there's at present. least two of them in the present, right? Yeah. Of each of them. Yeah. And they have to stay away from each other. Right. Well, and if I was, uh, what was it, Aaron Zero, who mm-hmm. got locked in the attic for like three or four days. <laughs> Good. <laughs> you know, I don't think I would be too friendly with Aaron Six, who locked me up. I would oh, just yeah. be like, I am such an Aaron asshole. <laughs> <laughs> right? yes, but right. the Aaron Zero, Aaron Zero doesn't know anything. No. So it's like well, he, he got that phone call though. Right? No, that was for uh, Abe. He, oh, that was that, that was Abe Zero that he called. 
So yeah, it's Aaron Zero doesn't know anything about time travel at all, and it's so they they can now go their own way without the time travel while the other two. But that would be one like if you and a friend suddenly found a time machine, that would be a, probably immediately turned to a huge argument. I would think, what do you do with it? Because mm-hmm. we I think we all have our own notions of what would be fun. I think it would depend on the friend the and the commitments that the other person had. Well, all right, let's say we found a time machine that could go backward in time. Would you go? Just backward? Yeah, just backward. I mean, for the sake of this particular argument, we're just going to say backward. This time machine, would you go? And if I say no, should I let you go? Because if I let you go back in time, you could erase me. Not not even on purpose, by hmm. accident. You could destroy me. Now and that's everything. a tempting thought. So it's like, <laughs> indeed, but you might erase yourself too. So it's always <coughs> that. But it's like, if if I'm afraid of being you know deleted from time, what am I going to have to do to stop you if you say you want to go? You'll have to go with him. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I either have to go with him or I have to kill him. Ooh. Because it, it, I cannot trust. It's it's too my That's, existence uh, is too big of a of a of an issue. It's like I would I would have to either come but, around to your side or okay, I but, would have to kill you. But here's the thing. I don't murder people now. Why would my time traveling to the past suddenly make me a murderer? You're not a murderer. You do it by accident. You step <clears> on the wrong blade of grass and all of a sudden, you know, you can't butterfly effect. You can't yes. you can't know. It, by according to the paradox theory, but it's like you, it's not your intent, and I would feel really bad while I was killing you. <laughs> well, <laughs> but okay, like, but here's the thing. There's nothing I could do. It's if like you, you, would, you might destroy me. So you've invented the time machine. Yeah, I didn't invent it. We, we found no. it. Or, or I invented it. That's yeah, fine, either too. Way. Either yeah. way. Okay. But aren't you going to test it and go back first and see if, if you go back in time, if you're actually able to alter anything? How do you test that without absolutely t- uh, devastating well, you consequences? Go, well, you go back yeah. an hour. Go back an hour and maybe take yeah. the morning newspaper away. Which uh-huh. may or may not cause further ramifications. Probably not. It seems yeah. like a minor change. Right. But um, maybe. Maybe I would. But then somehow you found out. And you want to go back and... Put the newspaper back? No, you want to go back and do whatever. What would you want to do? If you had a chance to go back in time, what would you want to do? Well, I'd probably invest in something make some money. All right. And then you'd make oh, money. Like I am it, so it, altering everything. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's no question. Exactly. Yours, <laughs> yours might cause a disruption in my timeline. Charles would, I can see it. You know, full biff. But John, think. You'd if, be a different man. If you let me go back in time and invest, think of the studio we would have today. Yes. If, if you even I'm, knew I'm, each other. I'm thinking yeah. of that trip right. to yeah. the Oasis and getting yeah. that, that nice young blood. Yes, since I'll be able to afford right. it now. Right. But again, it's like how somehow your vampiric desire to be younger <laughs> is going to do something to me in terms of bills going back in time to make more Well, money. maybe and you're I, the I, one that donates your blood. But then we, how far are you going back? It's like I'm not the young man you want <laughs> you want the blood from. No, I for ages uh, 14 to 17, never mm. smoked, no drug use. Right. Healthy, probably an athlete. Right. Yeah. Um, so no STDs. one in this room. That's like, <laughs> right. That sounds like the weirdest Craigslist ad I've ever heard. <laughs> Searching for 14 to 17 year old healthy young athletes <laughs> for their blood. And, and that's what I'm saying. That's the rumor in Hollywood that they, because they've had this technology for a couple of years, <clears throat> that's what some like older multi million, multi billionaires are, are doing. It's not helping them. I mean, <laughs> not. I, if you see the multi-billionaires, they look like, you know, crusty old goats. Especially like Adelson. Yeah. He looks horrible. Was, I mean, if you had that money and young blood actually worked, I, I always feel would it's, you look it's like, basically because... I can't think of his first name now. Like, it's the emperor effect. It's like the corruption actually just makes them shrivel up and turn <laughs> into weird, uh, mutated... Uh, raisins of their raisins former selves. Of evil. But enough about Deepak Chopra. Raisins yeah. of evil. <laughs> yeah. So... That's an interesting point. You know, we've kind of gotten on the topic of how we start changing the past. There's a show title, The Raisins of Evil. I like, <laughs> I like that one, too. So <laughs> maybe, in, yeah, maybe in the next half we get more into how to just skip forward into the future. Yeah. Skip? 
I mean, it's like, so what we we go past the causal link where we actually figure out how we just have yes. to figure out what we're doing. And this is do. how you could do it using black holes yeah. and gravity. So right. we can, but that's that's more much to come. more possible. But let's talk yeah. about that in the next episode, can huh? We do that? Yes, yes, yes. And uh, which um, are, you, are you taking Seth's role, of trying to keep us on track and telling us when it's time to go? I've been doing it all this time since you've added me to the show, and yes. you just didn't notice until now. Well, that's, right. that's, that's some neat <laughs> there stuff. You go. And, yep. and it's like I, I, I at <clears throat> once appreciate your efforts and condemn you for stifling free thought. But thank you very <laughs> I much. I do what I want. You, I do what I want. You're not my supervisor. <laughs> Respect my authority. <laughs> oh my all right. Well, cool. Well, we'll pick this up um, soon, and you guys will. S- you guys will have to take the long way around to see the next episode. We're going to just do it right now. But for now, we're going to say goodbye, and we'll see you next time. Seth, you want to tell our listeners where they can find us? Uh, You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, uh, a half dozen other uh, podcast services. uh, And anywhere that you listen to us, like, subscribe. Please leave a review because that's how we're going to get more listeners, and that's how we're going to grow. Thanks, all. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Galactic Driftwood Podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit our website at galacticdriftwood.space or subscribe to us on YouTube. And now, please deactivate your cranial downlinks, collect your towels, and be sure to watch your step as you exit our gravity well. <laughs>